Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you'd asked me at like 18 or 19 years old what my favorite movie was, mm-hmm. I probably would have said. Oh, yeah. I've I've watched it more than maybe any other movie. I think oh, yeah. I've probably watched it more times than any other movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't even usually see movies twice, but wow. I think that I've seen Purple Rain like 10 times maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But at different points in my life. And that's mm-hmm. part of um, why I thought it would be fun to go with you because I, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it isn't the same movie to me now mm-hmm. in my feet that it was to me in my teens and my twenties. It's actually totally different. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> oh. I'm still interested in it, for, okay. but for totally different reasons. And I'm interested in my, why my younger self loved it yeah. the way my younger self did. Welcome to Open Forum. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. The Kid and Morris Day are locked in a competition for musical supremacy in the Minneapolis club scene. The arrival of Apollonia only further adds fuel to the feud's fire, as each vie to be her mentor and lover. But before he can deal with that, the Kid needs to exercise some demons that haunt him personally and artistically. This week's film is Purple Rain, and it was chosen by Eula Biss, the award-winning author of No Man's Land, On Immunity, and most recently, Having and Being Had. I, I was just talking this morning to uh, Maggie Nelson, who mm. wrote about Purple Rain in the, mm-hmm. and about Prince in The New Yorker, and um, she was saying, but have you seen it lately? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I've seen it lately, and she was like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and, um, and that definitely was my experience uh, when I, I watched it for the first time, um, like out of my 20s i watched it for the first time uh right after prince died in 2016 and i watched it with my son who was seven at the time Mm. and i'm sure people have feelings about me watching people (laughs) right the seven-year-old but that's fine um i did not care at all about exposing him to sexy stuff but i definitely like partway through the movie i was like this is a mistake there there is like the really overt misogyny i mean mm-hmm. like within the first like few scenes there's a woman thrown in a dumpster yeah um, and i was like cover your it's eyes it's played for comedy <laughs> it's played for comedy her being thrown into the dumpster okay. yeah it's played for laughs she's not even like, like she's a minor character and yeah it's um but and that's like it just kind of goes from there and you know and prince 
hits Apollonia a few times, and mm -hmm. um, but they patch it up. <laughs> it's all cool. So. Yeah, the, the, the way they patch it up, I want to get into. <laughs> but but can you like you say it's a different film for you? Can you tease out a little bit about like what your relationship to it was in yeah. like your twenties and like how you yeah. you started to view it differently? Yeah, so I was trying to think, when I was watching it again last night, I was like, so what did I love about this? <laughs> and I know what it was, actually. I loved Prince, and I mm -hmm. still love Prince. Mm -hmm. um, I love his music. Yeah. I love his style. I love, um, I love the way he handles categories. I think mm -hmm. maybe above everything else, I like the way he uh, does a kind of both-neither thing around gender. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm something that you never understand. Yeah. That lyric really spoke to me um, in my late teens, early yeah. 20s. Um, and, and, you know, I just found him, like, incredibly sexy, like, the epitome <laughs> of sexiness. So, like, it, like, electrified my young sexuality mm. to just see Prince on screen. So I think that that's what was going on for me when I was watching it in my 20s. I was mm -hmm. just like having a great time watching Prince be Prince mm -hmm. and and hearing his music, you know. Yeah. And the movie's like essentially a really long music video. Right. And so um and so I think I was just watching it to like be near Prince. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think I was paying that much attention to the plot to what was going on with women. But when I watched it again with my son in 2016, I was like, how did I not register this? It's not subtle, you know? No, no, it's not. No, it's not at all. It's so funny to me. Um, it's not that I don't know now, like, the sort of mythology around Prince as a sex symbol and all of that, but it's just like, Growing up when I did, I was born in 86, and so I came, came of age in the 90s, and like I did not understand people thinking that Prince was sexy, because like the, the ideas of sort of male beauty that we had during that time was just like, you know, the washboard abs, completely shaven, like pretty boy kind of thing. Like that's what I understood as like sexy men. And I th yeah. also think I was being influenced by my mother, who was not a Prince fan, even though she's like right there at the age, I think that like, would have been a Prince fan, like, at the very beginning. Like, she's, she would have been in her late teens, early 20s in that time where Prince sort of blew up. Uh, but always referred to him as just that strange little man. <laughs> um, and, and I think I just never, I didn't get it for a long time. And I yeah. don't know that I, 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 I sort of, I think I'm in a place where I accept that people think of Prince as sexy, but, like, I never got there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally get it, and I think it is an unusual sexy. It's like mm -hmm. uh, even his whole kind of masculinity is a very femmy masculinity, mm -hmm. and, um, but he's also like a total weirdo. I think that that's what <laughs> part of what like was magnetizing mm. for me is I was like, here's a weirdo who's like embracing his weirdness like like fully and strutting it around like mm -hmm. um, and that was so that was also like deeply appealing to me but you know i think the whole reason that my students got me a prince mug mm -hmm. is i think they find it really quite funny that i'm into prince and 
it's you know I don't think my students think of him as sexy either. It's like, yeah, I, I, he's very sexual. <laughs> like I that was very sexual. I, I definitely registered that. Like I knew that you know, and I knew to put on some prints for someone that I was courting, like that was gonna, was gonna be a good move. Um, but I yeah. just never attached to him as like sexy for myself to be like, oh yeah, I, I read that as like sexy mm -hmm. and like, I, yeah. I didn't have the same like draw to him. But you know, you talk about that th sort of playing with the gender presentation and all of that in the mix of all of these things. But like you're saying in the movie, like, the machismo just jumps off the screen, right? Crazy machismo. Yeah, he's so cocky. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe, you know, I'm worried that maybe w my younger self, like, maybe I was just swimming in that kind of male cockiness mm. so much that I just assumed that all men came with that. Like, <laughs> maybe that was, you know, or maybe I, like, that was attractive to me, but I, 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 I would be appalled by that now, like being drawn to that degree of cockiness. Mm -hmm. um, though, I don't know, I can, I can kind of imagine, you know, maybe somebody who is as shy and reserved and, uh, and nervous as I was mm -hmm. found that other extreme totally attractive. Mm -hmm. um, but he flirts like someone in junior high, you know, <laughs> with Apollonia. It's ridiculous. He doesn't say or do a single nice thing no. for Apollonia in no. the entire movie. It's like only, no. like, when he hits her, it's bad, but he's already done some really bad things by the time he hits her, right? Well, he's, when he's got her purifying herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka <laughs> <laughs> to be yeah. able to get some help from him with her career, and then she yes. strips naked, yes. and then... Like doesn't in, he? He says that he tried to stop her, but he didn't really try to stop her no, from jumping no, in the water. No, he didn't. No, very half-heartedly. That was a total setup. Hey, wait a minute. That's. Uh, hold it. That ain't Lake Minnetonka. And it is interesting, you mentioned her career. Like, that's what, like, mm -hmm. really surfaced for me when I watched it as an older woman. Mm -hmm. So I watched it, like, 2016, so I'm, like, 39, I guess, at that point. Um, so there I was seeing all the subplot that is about women trying to have, you know, creative control, like, mm -hmm. you know, Wendy and Lisa want their song mm -hmm. to be played, you know, they're writing music, and then, um, and then women who are trying to um, initiate a career, like Apollonia, but have to go through men in order to do that, yeah. and, you know, the, the rivalry between Prince and Morris Day kind of boils down to, well, Apollonia is going to sleep with one of them. She's got a choice, mm -hmm. right? But it's going to be Morris Day or Prince. And so she, you know, she's got to make her choice and choose maybe, like the, the lesser of these two. Like, neither men play really great in this movie. No. So. And this really, I, I felt watching it uh, in preparation for our conversation, like, all this movie is in terms of plot, like the movie itself is just, it's a concert film, right? Like that's the, the real bit of it. But when attaching the plot to it, what, what the plot is, is this battle between these two male egos 
with all of the women that appear as they are, I don't even want to say collateral damage because that would imply less intentionality behind it. Like they are truly just the pawns in this yeah. game between happening between the kid yeah. by, played by Prince and Morris Day. Yeah. And it's just, and it's totally taken as a given that of course mm -hmm. there are pawns and that, that of course that's what, what a, you know, work life is for a woman. Though I have to say, you know, when I saw it in 2016, metaphorically it really spoke to me like mm. for, to, to where i was in my own work life i was like it's true it's like um mm -hmm. you, i think the part that actually spoke to me the most was not the overt misogyny and the the violence towards women but mm. the um the the struggle for creative control that wendy's mm -hmm. going through, right mm -hmm. and um and there is a somewhat, it's confusing in this movie, there is a somewhat feminist message in the, in the mm. arc of the storyline because Prince can't really make it or kind of have his comeback until he listens to the women in his band, right? Mm -hmm. But that's like what the overall arc of the narrative tells us is like now he's arrived or re-arrived. It's mm -hmm. confusing where he was in terms of fame before all, but he's re-arrived and he's he's done it because he was able to listen to the women in his band mm -hmm. and when i watched this in 2016 i was like i need my male co-workers to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> i need i need my bandmates to be listening to yeah. me like i want some creative control too and like i want to write a little music and yeah. i i need the prince who i work with who's like the far less sexy, more nerdy academic version <laughs> of Prince to like let me write a song once in a while. Like that. It, so when I watched it again last night, so this is you know another like five years later. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe what's what this movie could be if it was more if more energy were poured into this particular aspect of it is a movie that's really about prince's struggle to become a different kind of man mm -hmm. and specifically a different kind of man than his father yes. right and there's all that's the windows cry narrative yeah but you do see that and you see prince be he hit Apollonia right after his his father has hit his mother, and mm -hmm. Prince is definitely aware of those parallels, yeah. right? He's, and and but seems to feel kind of trapped within them, right? Like he's he's reenacting this the the same patterns that he's grown up within as sure. we do, right? It's actually I absolutely. Felt, this time I felt so much empathy for this Prince's mm -hmm. character much more than when I watched it with my son, where I was just like, just so you know don't be that kind of man, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this time, you know, I was watching it alone and thinking, oh, I, I see this young man struggling into a kind of feminism that is still like really, like proto-feminism, feminism, really mm -hmm. flawed and really, but, but he's, he's trying to get himself somewhere and he is somewhere different by the end of the movie than he is at the beginning. He's, he's starting to listen sure. to the women in his band. He plays their song. He's still the guy in charge, you know, and it's not like he hasn't started this wonderful collaboration with his bandmates, but there's a shift it, it, and that, that part is moving to me. Yeah. 
No, definitely. I think it, you're you're dead on in that there being that shift. I think my my th- issue still was just like the way we arrive there, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I say it's it's sort of a, it's a movie about the battle between male egos. Now there's the prince and Morris Day, but there's Prince and his father too, Francis yes. L. in the movie, yes. and you know, you, you see those parallels and it's getting at something that we, we all recognize in ourselves, even if it's not necessarily the violent aspect of, of what happens here. It's just like you're, you emulate something that you've seen from your parents that you, you despise in them and you just find yourself doing like, and I, I absolutely was relating to the, to Prince's character on that level, just being like, Oh no, I do not want to be like my dad in this way. But like, I, I hear, I hear it in my voice. I hear those, those same patterns of speech and like ways of interacting with people. So I, I got that and I was feeling him like that same empathy that you're talking about. But the problem is, for me was that like the way that we got there and i think this is a perfect film for our times actually in in a sort of like me too era that in which we're trying to to suss out how we deal with like male genius that's been in those men who have been abusive because yeah. this film really does go for like the genius as absolution right yeah. like mm-hmm. prince gets home and his mother's sitting outside and he's like, what's wrong? And he gets in the house and he's angry. He's like, where are you, motherfucker? And then he goes down and sees his father on the piano and he's like hearing this beautiful music. And suddenly his heart opens up to him, right? And the same thing happens with him and Apollonia in that, you know, Prince has attacked her twice, right? He's attacked her two times. Possibly three times if you count the time. Well, I guess he's also like forcibly kissing her under the train tracks, yes. you know. So there's like, yeah, there's a number of pretty like upsetting things happening. A number of them. A yeah. number of them happen. But then at the end, he's performed a Purple Rain. It's emotional. Everyone's crying. And Apollonia, yeah. who's been attacked, who's been this pawn is yeah. right there waiting for him and kissing him and yeah. essentially forgiving him. And it's just like, yeah, what we the thing that we've said to people is, yeah, these men may be abusive and they may have these track records and we, we see it, we know that it's there, but if they can just produce something that like affects us, something that is meaningful, don't we have to forgive them? Yes, this is such a great, point and i think that i had a long think on exactly this last night because i was like having this reckoning with my younger self Mm -hmm. and thinking like i think i i i bought into that narrative Mm -hmm. as a young woman where i definitely allowed certain young men to mistreat me because Mm -hmm. i thought that they were geniuses and and they thought the same of themselves You know, presented themselves as genius virtuosos, and I was like, "Well, little old me is just an ordinary person, so I'm, you know, lucky to be in your presence," kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's super destructive on an interpersonal level, for sure. It's, um, but yes, like we seem culturally to like be, as you said, wrangling with that right now. It's. Yeah, and I don't think we have answers yet, right? Like we still yeah. just we we don't we don't know how to like 
there's no idea that like what these part of what these men's genius where it comes from is exactly the misogyny is exactly the terror that they wreak upon women yes yes and you know even prince's own track record like outside of this movie is like full of complexity that way mm -hmm. like he's He's got women in his band in a time period when, like, nobody has women playing instruments in their band, right? Like, women are backup singers or women are vocalists, but you don't have, like, a woman on the guitar and the keyboard like he does. Mm -hmm. And later, Sheila E. on the drums. And he's, he's, like, making a real place for women as serious musicians almost all of them also sexually involved with him at some point. Yes. So, I mean, that's where it starts to be like, he's both like a ment a professional mentor for these, these women who go on to have their own careers or already have their own careers. But, um, but also that's all tangled up in mm -hmm. sexuality in theirs. And it's, and I, I guess even that watching it in the movie, I'm like, yeah, that that it, it just speaks to like a, a a truth of the experience, right? Even even for somebody who like I'm in this academic space where it's like totally not expected that you should have to sleep with someone to mm -hmm. get your job, right? But there's like versions of that that go on, and we know, and that's been coming out, you know. It's, yeah. Um, and. And actually, you know, I had my own version of that in graduate school mm -hmm. that was like definitely not um, as serious as anything that happened in this movie, but, you know, en enough to make me highly uncomfortable right. for the entire time I was in grad school and really eager to get out of there. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's, you know, you graduate out of sexual harassment and into a workplace where you don't have a voice so mm. it's you know it's like okay so nobody's like you know telling me they're in love with me and that they want to hear about my past sexual experiences in thesis meetings anymore but mm -hmm. um but now i don't you know get to vote on important decisions that affect me now <laughs> so. now no one wants to play your songs <laughs> yes no one wants to play my songs <laughs> Part of the other appeal, though, of this movie, which I find funny, but like can can then see where it becomes appealing, is that you know Prince is presented as the misfit. He's the outsider. He's the yeah. one that like, oh yeah, people like him, but like, do they like him enough? Is he could he could he be commercially viable? Right, like all of his music. It's like the Morris Day character is supposed to be the one that like everyone really truly loves yeah. and it's hard to reconcile with the fact that like Morris Day in the time didn't sell nearly as many records yes. as Prince and you know but he does that and it's and it's like it is an unlikely story in a way of thinking about like Prince's ouvoir and being like that was pop music like that doesn't make sense but it's like that's for for every person who's felt like a misfit, who's felt like I don't exist and can't find any acceptance within a mainstream, here's Prince saying, there's a possibility because I still don't feel like I fit in here. 
Yes, yes, totally. And that's, I think, that's the, the aspect of Prince that I find, like, still so incredibly um, admirable and magnetic and, um, and really amazing, you know, mm. his, like, full-on insistence on being who he's decided to be and, and his kind of control over um, self-presentation and the way he rides certain lines, rides the gender line, but also rides this racial line, too, in mm -hmm. interesting ways and, um, and just seems, like, in command of his, his own identity in a way that is, I think, especially exciting if you feel, like, um, less in command of your own identity. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that's one of the things I've kind of, you know, that's drawn me to him um, and his his performance. It meaning, it, like, when I say his performance, I mean, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, including, you know, saying, you all don't get to call me Prince anymore. You know, yeah. That's my name, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and amazing, like, essentially performance art there where he gets everybody to say the artist formerly known as Prince. It's incredible because yeah. his name is now unpronounceable. It's like, <laughs> I just, like, I love it. <laughs> and like everything, it's kind of absurd, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's, the, it's, it's meaning rich. And mm -hmm. he's got like, um, you know, that move was about owning his own name and yeah. own his own music and it's um and it was right around the time right that he wrote slave on his head yeah. and you know it's he was letting us know that this was you know he he was really understanding this in a long like liberation tradition and he wasn't going to let anyone just think it was funny and laugh it off right. without understanding all the resonances underneath it and absolutely I wanted to talk about this with you. It just seems so complicated and like such, in some ways, like such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a mess. It's a mess of a film. I mean, the editing is terrible in this film. It jumps from scene to scene with all kinds of incoherence. <laughs> um, obviously that... Almost couldn't be worse. It's so bad. <laughs> like, Prince does the same move every time that he's trying to act serious. He's just turning around. Like, like. <laughs> yes, yeah, has multiple temper tantrums. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a mess of a film, but it's also glorious in that mess, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. there is no expectation for Prince to be a fantastic actor or this film to be, yeah. like standing up with the greatest films of all time in terms yeah. of like a narrative project it's just an expression of prince and his world yeah 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 and in some ways you know my husband was noticing this last night that he, he like dipped in for a few minutes he said he couldn't mm. stand by the purple rain again but he <laughs> was like dipped in a few times but he was observing that what what makes up for Black Prince's, like, limitations as an actor is, like, the music does all of, like, mm -hmm. communicates all the emotion, the emotional complexity. And, and Apollonia seems to understand that that's what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, 
when Prince is on stage, she sees him as directing, like directly communicating. With yeah, her. that yeah. the the scene where he's performing "Darling Nikki" and yes. very much going at her. And he's he's all he's in the wrong. He's already hit her once, and now he's seeing her with Morris, and he's just like, "I'm gonna play your sexuality for my benefit here and yes. like embarrass you." And she knows that the song is about her, like. And he can't help but feel bad about that, obviously. Like, he goes and has that ta- a tantrum in, in the backstage because, yeah. like, he knows he's he's wrong in that. But yeah. just like you're saying, the emotional cues and the emotional, like, uh, resonance of the film is directed by the music. Yeah, yeah. And in that way, I think it's kind of interesting, like... Um, that that's where all all the nuance is there mm. in the music. Like otherwise, the film lacks nuance oh, entirely. Sure. <laughs> like, it just doesn't do nuance. Um, but and there's these like totally amazing over the top moments, like where I still don't even understand how this ever seemed like cool to Prince. But like the moment right after he tricks Apollonia to skinny dipping, mm-hmm. right, purified in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Mm. He won't let her get on his motorcycle, right? Yeah. But in the most aggravating way. She's, like, dripping wet because he's tricked her. Mm-hmm. And she, he's, like, get on. And so she tries to get on, and he drives a little bit. <laughs> and she's, like, so tries childish. again, drives a little bit again. And then he's, like, impatient, and he's, like, get on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, as I'm watching that, I'm, like, at, at what point did anyone ever find that, like, cool or endearing charming or, or any yeah, like charming or like a fun way to interact with a woman like <laughs> it's like you said he flirted like a middle schooler that's exactly <laughs> what was happening because <laughs> i'm looking at that and i'm like yeah i recognize that from being 12 years old you ladies don't seem to realize how valuable my time is you're gonna make my boys look bad why don't you let us come up with our own steps? We tried that, remember? Now you're in the best possible position you could be in. So what's the matter? Your shoes on too tight or something? Let's have some action. Let's have some asses wiggling. I want some perfection. I guess what a young man is saying when he does that is like, what? I, I guess I was like the middle school me is like saying, you interpret that for me. Listen, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what we were trying to say. But I think it's, it, you know, it's just a matter of attention. And it's just the idea that like, I can hold your attention for just a little bit longer if I tease this thing out. This is an this is an interaction that I've been hoping for, and now like I'm gonna prolong it as much as I can by by doing this. And I think you know we we have there's no there's no emotional language given to twelve year old boys to be able to express what actually is happening and what what their desires actually are. And so yeah. it's just like, here it is. I want attention. You're giving me a little bit. How can I extend this? And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's, um, and I guess I must have once when I was younger understood how to read that. Like now, mm. older woman, I'm just like, <laughs> that, 
that would have absolutely zero traction. I'm so glad I'm older now and that that would never catch my attention. I hope it's not working on teenage girls of today. <laughs> I hope so too. But you know, the moment that Christine said, you mentioned the, the Lake Minnetonka moment. Mm-hmm. I so like, uh, it, that moment was much more metaphorical when I watched it this time. Mm. Um, and also because I'm not sure I registered until this most recent watching that it is that that moment is framed around a, a career request that mm-hmm. Epilomia makes. And she says, will you help me? Mm-hmm. And Big Prince says no. But then he suggests that she has to go through um, this. What does he call it? The um, uh, It's not a test, but it's she has to pass the. Oh God! What did what did he say? Um, it's the thing that people do when they have to get into fraternities. What do we call it? Um, initiation. Yes, or initiation. Yeah. So she she has to pass this initiation, and and then he insinuates that it's you know purifying herself in the lake, waters of Lake Minnetonka, mm-hmm. and so. But to me, as I'm reading this as a metaphor, I'm like, yeah, actually, this is how it is. You're, you're led to believe, as uh, as a young woman trying to enter a career, there are certain rites of initiation that you have to go mm-hmm. through, and you understand that they will be humiliated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and and so I think that that's why that scene remained powerful to me. Is like this time I was like really felt her humiliation so acutely and mm-hmm. was like. Yeah, and and then you go through that humiliation, and you found out that you were in the wrong lake, and yeah. like so, you've like gotten naked for no reason at all, wow. and um, and you know, and the the bar has moved. So you thought you passed the initiation, but actually, no. There's there's further humiliation that you have to go through yeah. before you get promoted or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yula, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from Purple Rain? Yeah, lasting image. I think the most lasting image would come from that moment, that that moment in the film when she when she's just out of the water and she's dripping wet mm. and she's naked and she's mad because Prince yeah. has just revealed the punchline of his joke and that's that sticks in my mind. But one of the amazing things about her character is she's, she doesn't stay mad. And, you know, and that's, I, I think like I see in that movie, Apollonia is like an exaggerated, idealized woman in so many mm-hmm. ways, you know, and Maggie Nelson was just saying to me, she was like, Prince's like taste in women is it's, own kind of sexuality like that like mm. all these women are like hyper feminized like mm-hmm. um, like almost like drag queen looking women who are like really over the top um but it's with Apollonia it's like she she oh, like overperforms all these desirable characteristics mm. including like um not staying mad, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's where I feel like I fail as like, I fail in so many ways as like a, an ideal woman, but I fail in the not staying mad category. <laughs> <laughs> feel like I just get mad and stay mad. <laughs> but 
but when when I think about that characteristic in myself against Apollonia, you know, straight out of the water, I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe that's not a problem. Like maybe I'm like this is this is why anger is like as Audrey Lord says, protective, you know, mm-hmm. like that you, you actually need it and have to use it because it's it's the emotion that comes up when someone's fucking with you and yeah. it, and you, you shouldn't tamp it down if uh, that's what's going on. Yeah, so that's that's a really lasting image. Eula, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, well, this was so great. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for doing this. It's such a fun project, and I, it was like total weird pleasure to <laughs> rewatch Purple Rain. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Open Form, a podcast from LitHub Radio, produced by Justin Alvarez and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Form wherever you get your podcasts, and or sign up for the LitHub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. We're taking a few weeks off, but that should give you some time to go digging in the archives for past episodes featuring Britt Bennett, Kiese Lehman, R.O. Kwan, Jordan Kisner, Kali Fajardo-Anstein, and more.